0: Hello and welcome to the Armchair Theorist podcast. I'm your host, the Armchair Theorist. This is episode three, coming out a weekly, because I tried to record this, like, I'm not joking about ten times last week, and it was just, it was just terrible. I was sounding more stupid than usual, and it was an absolute mess, and I was getting really frustrated. So I just kind of said, do you know what, I'm going to leave it for a week. Uh, uh, Nobody cares about the schedule anyway, so it's fine. I know I should, because I'm starting a podcast, but... Just, it wasn't happening last week, it would have been a shit episode, so that's why I decided we'll wait a week, we'll come back refreshed and ready to go. So, from the title you know, today I am talking about Ludwig II and his mysterious death in 1886. He was often referred to as the Mad King or the Tale King, and his death was it was so suspicious, like, it's really, really baffling. So I'm going to get straight into it, first of all, my sources. Articles from Neuschwanstein.de, Britannica.com, Cambridge University and The Atlantic. So to really get a sense of this fella, I want to give a quick overview of his life and his eccentricities because I think it's important to kind of have an idea of who this man was and the type of things he got up to as king. Ludwig was born in 1845 in Nymphenburg Palace in Munich. He and his younger brother were raised quite strictly. Now, not by their parents. His their parents were actually quite absent. They lived most of the time up in Prussia, but strict raising uh, nonetheless. And the importance of their duty as princes was really instilled in the boys, and especially for Ludwig because he was gonna he was gonna become king one day. So that was a real emphasis during his childhood. Accounts from others about Ludwig as a child say he was. Like, he just loved dressing up and play acting. Like, that was just really his thing. He was said to also have a very active imagination, but would often isolate himself from others, so he wouldn't really socialise with other kids or with his brother. He'd like to play on his own, dressing up. So we're already seeing this man's a bit of a fantasy man, living in his own world, on his own. He becomes king when he's only 18 years old. Despite knowing what his role and his duties are, he really doesn't have any experience with politics. So that aspect that aspect of ruling, he's kind of clueless on because they thought he would have more time to learn this. They didn't know, once he turned 18, that the dad was going to die and he was called king. In 1886, so only two years after becoming king, The lands that Ludwig is in charge of, so parts of Bavaria and Austria, are conquered by Prussia. He was ruled by his uncle, which I think is kind of mean, but whatever. From this point on, Ludwig has no say in foreign policy, and he pretty much just becomes a king in name rather than anything else. So he has no real power anymore, and he doesn't have a say in anything anymore. And even when he does try to link up with his governmental ministers and come up with solutions and come up with ideas they all end up fighting and he doesn't like that so that just drives him away he's like right i'm not even gonna focus i'm not even gonna try anymore do it by yourself seven years after the conquering so seven years after he lost a load of power he had said about himself i became king much too early i had not learned enough i'm still trying to learn so i mean we have to give to the man at least he's self-aware he knew he didn't know what he was doing Progressively then, throughout his reign as king of Bavaria, he deals less and less with state matters, and he spends more and more time promoting the arts and building new castles. So that's what he's interested in, and he decides, listen, if I can't rule anymore, I don't want to rule anymore, so I'm going to do what I want to do and promote the arts and build castles for myself. Ludwig now really had a huge love of fantasy and the arts. That's obviously why he's putting all his time into it. And his absolute favourite person was Richard Wagner the composer he was obsessed with all of Wagner's stuff and as soon as he became king when he was 18 he sent off for Wagner to be brought to Munich so that Ludwig could stage an opera festival and Ludwig could write all the operas for it at the time Wagner was in quite a bit of financial trouble so he was delighted with the work he was like yeah sure get me there if it's getting me paid I'm in the two quickly became friends and then there was also rumours swirling around that they had a romantic relationship with each other. Though things kind of disintegrated between the two, the relationship kind of broke down after Wagner conflicted with the government and they forced him to leave Munich. So even though they weren't really talking anymore and they weren't uh, boyfriends anymore, if that rumour is true, Ludwig was still a big advocate of Wagner's and really he remained a big fan for the rest of his life. And I'm just going to add in here about the gay rumours. So Ludwig had gotten engaged to Duchess Sophie of Bavaria in 1867, but then soon after he cancelled the engagement and stayed a bachelor for the rest of his life. So that the rumours of Wagner and then also his diary kind of hinted to the fact that he was struggling with his sexual orientation. So this has gone around about him as well. I think the diary bit was maybe after he died, but calling not the engagement and his closeness to Richard Wagner really fueled these rumours. So yeah, also, as I mentioned, he decided he was going to build a lot of castles. That's what he was going to focus on. And he was really into building elaborate castles. He didn't just want any plain old castles. He wanted ones inspired by history and fantasy stories. And instead of hiring architects to design these castles as you would, he hired theatrical set designers so set designers for the tier he he called them up and was like listen I want you to design me a castle and the most famous of these of course is Neuschwanstein I'll put a picture of this up on the Instagram but it's often referred to like as the fairy tale castle and even if you don't know it by name you'll know it by picture because it's really famous it's built up in the mountains about a two hours drive from Munich, so God only knows how long it would have taken back then to get from Munich to to Neuschwanstein if you're going on a horse and carriage or whatever. Unfortunately though, Neuschwanstein was never finished because Ludwig died before um, before the whole thing could be completed. And Neuschwanstein kind of really exemplifies his state of mind when he was building it because he had a small privateer built in the palace or in the castle so that he could watch private performances and not have to interact with other people and not have to go to munich and deal with matters of the state and deal with his subjects essentially he just wanted to be alone and even even though the castles are really really popular today with well okay before covid they're really really popular with tourists at the time the people in bavaria were on a mad one because it was and loads he was building all these castles because it wasn't Neuschweinstein wasn't the only one he was building all these castles and it was bankrupt in the state and they were like why are you doing there's no need we, we've already got castles and palaces we don't need more so people were fuming at this he didn't care he was happy that was all he was interested in around this time so not only is he isolating himself by having his privateer built but he decided to flip his sleep schedule so he would sleep. He became nocturnal essentially. He would sleep during the day, and then stay away during the night. And he would insist then on I don't know, all the servants or whatever to be obviously to change their sleep schedule to match him, and to bring him around in coaches and sleighs like Santa sleighs during the nighttime, like around the around the castle, which again is up in these mountains. I've been there. It's it's a hike. I don't know how they were able to get around in sleighs in this kind of foresty, mountainous area. During these nighttime trips as well, he'd also dress up in historical costumes. So this man was really, really eccentric and he was really just going there with, with the things he wanted to do because he was on his own and he could, I suppose. And because he had all he needed in Neuer Schweinstein, even though it was only partially built, he became somewhat of a Recluse? 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 And shied away from doing his kingly duties. He was just having none of it anymore. The government, understandably, were fuming at this, and they were really um. There's like whistling outside. What? Why every time do I go to record this? Okay, it didn't happen in the second episode, but there's a noise in the background. There's some whistling, and my dog is crying as well. Oh. Okay, I'm back now. I didn't find out what that whistling was, but then my mom came home with the shopping, so I had to help her unload it, because that's how exciting my life is. But getting back into it. The government, as I was saying, was getting more and more frustrated. They were fuming at him, because he just wasn't doing what he was, like, he just wasn't running the state. He's king of the state, and he's just having absolutely nothing to do with it. So they decided, let's get rid of this bitch, and they had him declared insane in June 1886. With this declaration, they obviously had him deposed, and his uncle Otto took over. This isn't the uncle that conquered Bavaria, at the start of Ludwig's reign. This is another uncle, and Ludwig was then immediately sent to Berg Palace near a lake called Sternbergsee, which is just outside Munich. And oh, it's that lake is so gorgeous. Like, honest to God, if you're ever in Munich, like take the S-Bahn out. You've got views of the Alps and all. It's it's unreal. But get back to the actual story. The day after his deposition as king, Ludwig and his psychiatrist, a man called Bernhard von Guten, went on a walk around the lake. Ludwig and von Guten's bodies were found a few hours later dead in the water. Ludwig's death was then declared as suicide by drowning. But here's what makes this so weird. Ludwig was found face down in the lake. Fair, but there was no water found in his lungs at the autopsy, so how was that drowning? Like, that's just not a drowning. He would have had to have been dead before falling face down in the water, otherwise he would have breathed in water, which would then be in his lungs. Also, where the bodies were found, the water was only waist deep, so it's not even like it was accidental drowning because you're right at the shore. And he was also said to have been a very strong swimmer. So even if he had gotten into trouble, what they were doing in the water, I don't know. But even if they had gotten, or if Ludwig had um, been struggling in the water, he he could swim. That was no problem to him. So it, it makes no sense whatsoever. The suicide declaration also doesn't account for the psychiatrist's death. Was it murder suicide? But why would Ludwig do that? Yeah, he had been deposed as king, but he didn't want to be king, so what's the problem? He kind of got out of the situation he was in that he didn't want to be in. So a theory I found, which was on Handelsblatt, puts forward that the king was murdered, which I think at this stage is very obvious. There's no way that man drowned. The article says that Ludwig wasn't insane, but rather was a victim of a coup and died by being shot in the back. And we're, they're getting this theory because apparently there was some witness testimonies from the time that there was a bullet hole in Ludwig's coat. And the doctor that examined Ludwig's body after he died examined the the corpse, essentially, apparently confessed on his deathbed that, yeah, he was shot and I was told to say that he drowned. Circumstantial evidence, I know, like witness testimonies and a deathbed confession, but, I mean, it's still a theory, and I think it's still... Oh my god, pardon the poem but hold some water. Because, like, it is... It's it's fair, it's quite possible. The article does go into a lot more detail about the theory, and there seems to be a documentary made on it as well. So I'll post that link on the Instagram, so you can check it out if you want to. So moving on. I So, I mean, taking off from that handle flat one, I definitely think it was a murder. Like, there's just absolutely no way in the hell... That that was a drowning. When there's no water found in the lungs. lungs that doesn't constitute a drowning anymore. You know? Like the actual definite, you're Anyway. There's just. And I, I can't see Ludwig murdering his psychiatrist. And then drowning himself. I'm definitely thinking it was murder. Like there's not a doubt in my mind. That, that they weren't murdered. Because there's absolutely. I don't see in any way. I don't see. Why Ludwig would murder his psychiatrist and then drown himself? Like that's just way too far-fetched. And he didn't drown himself, cause he did not drown. I'm, I'm pretty sure to drown you have to have water in your lungs. Is that not like the definition of it? Should have looked it up, but I didn't. But in my head, that's what the definition is. So yeah, hundred percent murder, no doubt. And I think it was the third party that murdered the two of them. I don't think von Guden murdered Ludwig and then killed himself. Because what would be the point in that? And for how he was murdered? I, I don't know. Like, of course the confessions about the gunshot wound being present is circumstantial, like I said. But I think that's very, very likely. Because there was no... It's so specific. There, there wasn't, like, there was a wound on his body. It was, like, an actual gunshot and it was through was coat. If it was a knife, it, it would be a different shape. Like, do you get me? So... I don't know probably being shot and the lake is is huge so where they were it could have been um quite closed off because i visited there and there was nobody around i seen nobody about 10 minutes walk down the road was the first time i seen somebody it's really it's quite hard to get to i found but then i could have just not known the way i mean i don't live there i was a tourist and i was looking actually for Van gutten's cause of death online but all I could find was that it was down as murder by drowning. So there's not much there. And I couldn't find mention of whether or not there was a war found in his lungs. But if the killer was there to shoot Ludwig, why wouldn't he just shoot Von Gordon <laughs> Like, why, why go through the trouble of shooting Ludwig and then drowning the other fella that was there? It would have to be a quick pop-pop, both of them, done. So that there was no struggle. Because then you're just leaving yourself up to being caught. So, yes... They were, I think they were both murdered by whoever this part, whoever this third party was. And I think the perpetrator was hired by the government. Because it seems very unlikely that they'd be murdered by some randomer. And if they were murdered by some randomer, there would have been a manhunt to find the killer. And there doesn't seem to have been. It seems to have been like, oh... It doesn't seem to have been. There wasn't because they just said Ludwig did it. So they they covered their viruses there because then they wouldn't have to go and put up this fake manhunt if it was said that they were both shot. So a hundred percent the government they had already gotten rid of him. I just, like it makes no sense. But governments work that way. I mean look at Russia. So even even though they got rid of him, they decided listen, we'll kill him anyway. Maybe in case he causes trouble and he tries because He was unfairly declared insane. I think he he was a bit mad. He was eccentric, to say the least. But insane? I don't know. That was an easy way for the government to kick him out. So, 100%. The government ordered the murders. And I think, sadly, Van Gogh was just collateral damage. Like, he just happened to be there, so he had to be killed too. Otherwise, he could have said, look, he he was shot by somebody, and then there would have been an investigation. Killing the both of them and calling the murder by or oh, murder suicide the government could just wrap this whole thing up neatly in a little bow and say there you go, case solved we don't even have to look into it because this is what happens and of course it's 1886 a completely different time to now obviously so you don't really have people questioning it because you just get what's in the newspaper I'm sure there was conspiracy theorists but not to the extent there is now where you've got the internet and you've got every fucking theory going so I think I think that kind of I think that kind of sums it up. I know there wasn't too many theories about this one. You could argue that it was murder-suicide. But if you argued that now, you'd be wrong, in my opinion. He was definitely murdered, no doubt about it. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the problem with some of these cases. Sometimes it really is. Um, I know this whole podcast is supposed to be talking about theories, but sometimes it really is. There's kind of one way to go with it. And I, there could be other ones that would be likely that I that I haven't thought of that I couldn't come across so of course if you have theories let me know on the instagram at Pod. you can give me suggestions give us a follow and yeah that's about it have a good week and I will be back next Wednesday because I'm staying on schedule now so okay bye